Bem-vindos ao Estudar Direito pelo Mundo, um podcast feito por mim, Klaus, com entrevistas e informações sobre como funciona estudar direito em diversas partes do mundo. Aqui você vai aprender sobre os requisitos para estudar direito em outros países, vai ouvir um pouco da experiência de outros estudantes e não se preocupe quando começar a ouvir eles falando em inglês, pois todas as partes têm tradução. Então convido vocês para ouvirem o episódio até o final e convidarem um amigo para ouvir também. Bom dia, pessoal! Hoje vamos começar com mais uma live falando sobre estudar direito no Chile. E hoje, como convidada, eu vou ter a Nina, que está finalizando, uh, já finalizou o curso da faculdade. Ela vai explicar um pouco sobre como funciona para se tornar um advogado no Chile e o processo que ela está passando agora. Então, convido vocês para ficarem aqui conosco. É, a forma que a live acontece vai seguir o mesmo padrão das últimas lives, para quem já assistiu. Para quem ainda não teve a oportunidade de ver uma antes, a ideia é que é, eu, eu vou fazer as perguntas em inglês, ela vai responder e a gente vai traduzindo é, nesse meio termo. Então, é assim que vai é, acontecendo. Vou pedir mais um minutinho aqui para vocês. E aí, assim que a Nina fazer a solicitação aqui, a gente já consegue começar. É feriado no Chile, inclusive. Eles tiveram nas as festas nesse fim de semana, como eu coloquei lá nos stories. Bom dia, Bruno. Hello, good morning. Hello, good morning. How are you today? I'm good. It's a sunny day, so it's good. Great. Oh, I'm glad to hear that. I know you guys just had some holidays in Chile, so Happy holidays, I guess. <laughs> Thank you very much. <laughs> That's pandemic. awesome. That's awesome. Yeah. Yeah. Please go ahead. Sorry, <laughs> I didn't mean to cut you <laughs> off. <laughs> so we've been eating a lot. <laughs> <laughs> that's awesome. That that's a, a great part about holidays, right? <laughs> yeah. Well, Nina, if you wouldn't mind, we'd love to hear a little about you. So if you can start up by introducing yourself, that would be great. Oh God, okay. <laughs> so my actually not Nina. I don't know if you knew that. My name's <laughs> so my name's Carolina Leyden and I'm 25 years old. And I just graduated last year I graduated from law school and I'm studying right now for a final exam. Mm -hmm. and, um, And some work with intellectual property. Um, I did my thesis on traditional knowledge and intellectual property here in Chile. So that's uh, like my area, kind of. <laughs> and I'm a member of the Chilean Intellectual Property Association as well. Mm -hmm. Okay, so I'll go ahead and translate some of that. Então, a Nina, né, o nome dela é Karina, ela tem 25 anos e... Ela terminou o curso de Direito no ano passado, está finalizando agora os estudos para uma prova final, que ela vai explicar daqui a pouco como acontece. E é, também comentou que ela trabalha com propriedade intelectual e é, com isso, essa é a área de especialidade dela. All right, so let's go on uh, with the questions that I have prepared. And I was wondering, 
does Chile follow a common law or civil law system? So we copy the French a lot, so it's a civil law system, but we do use uh, some precedents, especially from the Supreme Court when you're, um, you could use it as an argument or something like that as well. Uhum. Ok, então o Chile é, usa civil law, né? como eles copiaram o sistema francês é, ou se inspiraram nesse sistema e a ideia também é que eles podem usar precedentes, especialmente da Suprema Corte, como argumentos, como é, fundamentação para novos casos. Well, and uh, I was wondering what are the requirements for law school? So, so how does it work to get in once you finish high school? So once you've finished high school, everybody has to take um, a test. So you have to take um, maths and language uh, test. And if you want to enter law school, you also have to take the history test. So with that, plus your grades from school, uh, you get some magic number and then you just apply to all the universities you want and then Someday you'll get a message, you get in, or I don't know, you didn't. So that's <laughs> Ok, great. Uh, então, depois, de, depois do ensino médio no Chile, é, você vai fazer mais um teste adicional para poder entrar na universidade, que inclui é, a disciplina de história, se você vai fazer o curso de direito. Então, essa, essa, essas notas desses testes, juntamente com o histórico escolar do ensino médio, né, com, a, com as notas que você conseguiu obter lá no ensino médio, é, e aí vão, vão resultar num número que vai determinar se você é, vai entrar, vai ser admitido ou não para faculdade de direito. Well, and once you're in, what classes are you required to take? So there's a lot. <laughs> you have to take obviously all the civil law, procedural law. You also have to take criminal law, some tax law, um, commercial law, uh, constitutional law. You know, got some fundamental rights stuff. And you can also take some uh, elective classes as well. Mm -hmm. So you can, that's where you can mix it up a bit, but um, mm -hmm. you can't choose much. Like you, you can study a bit of everything. Okay, yeah. That, that's very similar to what we have here then. Então, no Chile, quando você entra na faculdade de Direito, né, você tem várias disciplinas obrigatórias. É, e aí ela comentou sobre algumas delas, né, de Direito Tributário, Direito Civil, é, direito processual, então, mais ou menos a, a, toda a base do direito, né? assim como nós temos os outros países também. E aí você pode escolher algumas eletivas para estudar algumas outras coisas que não são é, necessariamente obrigatórias. Né? And is intellectual property the, the area you mentioned that you're specializing in a mandatory one or is it an elective one? Oh, it's not mandatory, it's just an elective. So, yes. I just that in the last years of... Um, my studies and that's where I kind of got stuck. <laughs> that's awesome. Então eu perguntei para ela também se propriedade intelectual era uma das matérias é, obrigatórias, né? Ela falou que não era obrigatória, era uma matéria eletiva e foi aí que ela se apaixonou, né? Ela é, escolheu essa essa matéria no último ano da faculdade. All right, and and then uh, I guess this is one of your favorite classes then, but do you have any others? Uh Yeah, I did really like uh, all that's like fundamental rights lessons as well as um, constitutional law. So that's also something I'm very interested in, as well as um, indigenous law. But I didn't. Nice. <laughs> I took. <laughs> okay.
doesn't really count. Got it. It does, it does. Então, sobre as matérias favoritas, né? Ela falou que direitos fundamentais, direito constitucional e direito indígena foram algumas das que ela mais gostou. And, and is indigenous law an elective as well? Or is it a mandatory? No, it's... Um... I think there was at some point an elective, but that's something I took mm -hmm. when it changed. I just can't mention it. It's just oh, okay, okay. Have that as mandatory class. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. <laughs> it's important. Got it. Yeah, that's awesome, right? It's something that we don't uh, take too much time to study, I believe. Yeah. Okay. Well, and do you have to take during law school any, you know, pro bono clinic, any internship, any kind of that, those things, you know, like those mandatory kind of work experiences? How does that work? So I expect it's, it differs from different universities, but during mm -hmm. law school, you don't actually need to do any clinic or anything. Like it's not mandatory. Mm -hmm. There's also, that's also an elective, for example. Mm -hmm. So, what you actually have to do comes after you finish law school. We'll talk about that in a second. Mm -hmm. Okay. So, I asked if there was any obligatory stage, núcleo de práticas jurídicas, clinic pro bono. And she said that in the she doesn't have it. And then she will talk a little bit about what happens in Chile after you finish the faculty of Direito, which is also interesting. And that's the question that we're going to talk about now. So, so what are the requirements to become a lawyer or to get into law school then? So, you have to get your law school degree, of course, and then you have to do a six-month uh, internship for, um, it's like a government um, office to provide a free legal counsel to people that can't afford it. So, you have to do that for about like six months. And mm -hmm. Then you have to gather like the grades you get there plus the degree and send it to the Supreme Court. And there's where they review everything. Then they'll come here next week. We're going to give you the um, diploma. <laughs> and that's when you become a <laughs> Ok, então é, depois da Universidade de Direito, depois que você termina, né, você precisa fazer esse serviço obrigatório de seis meses, então, para algum órgão oficial, para algum escritório do governo, atendendo a população que não tem condições de pagar por um, pra, por um advogado. E isso é obrigatório para todas as pessoas que querem se tornar um advogado. Então, depois disso, você vai juntar o seu certificado da Escola de Direito, mais é, um comprovante que você realizou esse certificado, mandar isso para a Suprema Corte, e depois eles vão entrar em contato com você para que você possa ir, é, fazer o seu juramento e receber o seu diploma, então, e se tornar oficialmente um advogado. And, and you mentioned in the beginning, oh, sorry, that, that you were doing a test, that you were preparing for a test. So, I was so, wondering about that too. Kind of the, yeah. So, to get the degree, you, it's not just like finish your classes and the thesis and everything. No, you have to take a test. Really, it's a big exam, and you have three years after you've finished uh, law school to take that exam. And it's everything mm -hmm. of civil law and procedural law. And uh, yeah, it's, it's a big thing, actually. <laughs> it's like five uh, professors, it's an oral exam, so it's uh, like a big deal. <laughs> mm -hmm. Yeah, I'm, I'm sure it is. 
É, depois que você termina todas as suas disciplinas e entrega também o seu trabalho final, né, monográfico, é, tem uma prova final que deve ser feita, e essa prova final tem que ser feita em até três anos, desde que, é, a partir do momento que você termina a faculdade de Direito, e é uma prova, trata-se de uma prova oral com cinco professores. Então, essa prova vai ser só para você conseguir o, o grau de bacharel em Direito ainda. Então, é uma coisa bem diferente. It, it's very different from what we have here. Here we just, you know, finish classes and, and the, the thesis-like work, and that's it. So, uh, yeah, it's impressive, and I'm sure it's not very easy. No, I've been here more than a year and still haven't gotten to that, so <laughs> it takes mm -hmm. a long time. Yeah, I can only imagine that you, you probably prepare a lot for that. <laughs> Well, um, yeah, thank, thanks a lot, Bruno, for watching. <laughs> he just mentioned that's incredible, and, and it is, definitely. <laughs> thanks for introducing us to each other as well, Bruno. <laughs> um, and, yeah. and those are the, you know, the, the pre-made questions I had for, the, for this, uh, and, and I intended to be brief as well, you know, so you can enjoy the, the holidays, but I was also wondering if, if you have any questions about how, how things work here in Brazil, and I'd be happy to answer. So, I mean, I'm just thinking, probably it's, uh, it's quite similar, at least on the, um, you know, civil law system and everything, right? Isn't it? Mm -hmm. It is, it is, definitely it is. And, and you know, even though we do use a civil law system here as well, we can use uh, the, the precedents, just like you mentioned. So we normally we will look for Supreme Courts and, you know, other, other courts, you know, even local courts or maybe state courts to, to give uh, further instruction to the requests that we made, make. Not mandatory. I mean, it's not, you know, they can decide something else, right? So it's Mm -hmm. Yeah, so, so what, what they say is that um, more and more uh, they, they try to make all the jurisprudence, you know, very aligned so they don't create new precedents. And so it's, it's something that they are very careful about in general terms. But, it, but it's not mandatory to use, you know, uh, the, those kind of arguments in your petitions and stuff like that. Uh, that's, I, I'm just like remembering, uh, this is like really extra, there was some research done um, maybe two years ago and they studied the um, Supreme Court's jurisprudence, like the same, and they took like every one of the judges, you know, and see how they decided, and it was crazy because it was just like, they, they don't even do the same thing about <laughs> the same subject all the time, so it's kind of weird. <laughs> Very interesting. <laughs> yeah, now I think after that research, they're more uh, like this aligned. Like, <laughs> yeah, is it like oops, there's someone watching? <laughs> <laughs> wow, yeah, I'll, I'll share that in Portuguese because I think it's, it's quite quite interesting. Então, <laughs> a, a gente estava conversando, né, sobre questões de jurisprudência também, né? Embora a gente seja um, um país de Direito civil, a gente se, se usa também desse, desses argumentos, né? É, através dos julgados que já aconteceram. Em, tanto no Chile, quanto aqui no Brasil também. E aí ela estava comentando que teve uma pesquisa recente no Chile, em que eles fizeram, é, compararam né, julgados diferentes da Suprema Corte, e eles estavam julgando coisas muito diferentes, assim, de um 
tema para o outro, de, um, de uma pessoa para outra. Então, é, hoje em dia, isso está um pouquinho mais alinhado. É, e aí, até comentou, né? Ops, tem alguém olhando, né? Então, vamos cuidar para a gente ficar mais alinhado, mais é, em termos, né? Um, e Bruno just, uh, just sent here a comment that I must read. So, tell us about your projects, Nina. <laughs> well, so, well, mainly right now, Bruno, it's about getting that exam done. But I've been doing, I've been doing a lot of uh, research. Uh, I told you about some uh, traditional indigenous knowledge. So, I, I won um, a prize. For that, uh, for my thesis, so that's why I'm mm -hmm. part of the Intellectual Property Association, and I've been writing a bit more about it, um, linked with um, climate change. So I'm supposed to get published some point in the um, like end of the year, very very ugly phase. Yeah. <laughs> I can still hear you though, so if, if you want to finish that thought, I'll, I'll translate it then. <laughs> But, uh, um, okay, great. <laughs> that uh, in a magazine, in a lot of, uh, I guess. <laughs> wow, that, that's awesome, that's awesome. E aí o Bruno perguntou quais projetos que, que a Nina está é, mantendo, né? Então... Ela comentou que está estudando para esse exame que nós falamos, nessa né, prova oral que acontece lá no Chile. E além disso, também, é, ela continua estudando direito indígena, né? E tanto que, que o trabalho de conclusão de curso dela foi sobre isso. É, e ela ganhou um prêmio por conta desse, desse trabalho. E também é, continua sendo um, e trabalhando com questões relacionadas à mudança climática. Então, vários projetos aí simultâneos. That, that's incredible. It's awesome that you're involved in so many different things. And uh, you, you mentioned also that you studied indigenous law in an exchange. Is that right? Mm -hmm. Yes. And, and was it? Wow, yeah. And, and I, you know, I don't hear much about exchanges done by law school students. So that's, that's quite, in, quite incredible. It, it, it's awesome to hear that. Yeah, it was a really incredible experience. And I also got to meet Bruno and by extension as well, so. <laughs> right, that's just amazing. Um, you know, uh, would you mind sharing a bit about this exchange, like what, what you studied in and, and maybe like where you stayed during the, the yeah. time you spent in Canada? In Toronto, winter and it was snowing, so that part was... Uh, <laughs> Interesting. <laughs> um, so I stayed really close to the faculty at the, um, the university's apartment, uh, and uh, so I only had one mandatory class, uh, and it was the rights and reconciliation that was uh, indigenous peoples and the law, and it was it was really interesting. Um, I didn't know much about uh, Canadian indigenous peoples as well, so it was very Uh, it's incredible to see how similar some things are as well and how different other things are. And uh, I also um, went to audit some classes, you know, like international criminal law and uh, international yes. environmental law. So it's also very interesting. That's awesome. How, how long was your exchange? So it was just uh, for one semester. So I was there mm -hmm. for about 
four months. So whole winter, I started getting a bit warmer. And <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah. That's incredible. That's awesome. Yeah, it was during my summer vacation, so I just missed the whole summer during winter. Came back. <laughs> you know, just living living two winters in a row. Yeah, I, I know how that feels. <laughs> Então a Nina estava compartilhando. Go ahead, go ahead. <laughs> okay. It's really interesting to see how different law is taught as well, because here it's mainly wow. you know exposition class. So the teacher is up there and just talks about it, and you're like, okay, maybe you have a question. But in Canada, it was uh, much more. You were much more involved in, in you know the process of learning. So it was really like a great experience. Wow, that's awesome. Então a Nina também compartilhou que ela fez um intercâmbio de seis meses no Canadá, de quatro meses no Canadá, né, por um semestre, né, que são os terms nos outros países, é, e, e lá ela estudou direito indígena. E compartilhou que essa foi uma experiência muito legal poder experimentar e entender um pouco mais quantas coisas são diferentes e quantas coisas são similares. E também comentou sobre a questão de, do ensino ser diferente, né, que ela é que no Chile as aulas são muito mais expositivas e ela sentiu que no Canadá as aulas eram muito é, tinham, tinham muito mais de, de uma questão envolvente com todos os alunos então todo mundo fazia parte do processo de aprendizado isso é incrível né? eu até comentei que, que eu vejo que não é tão comum é, estudantes fazerem intercâmbio durante a graduação do curso de direito né e, e eu acho isso incrível né eu é, sou a pessoa que brilha o olho quando alguém fala intercâmbio né então I was just saying that my eyes start to shine when somebody says the word exchange, you know? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it was a, a great experience. I'm sure, I'm sure it was. So thank you so much for, for your time, for your willingness to, you know, join me here, to share your experience, to share some of what is going on in Chile. And... You know, I, I don't want to take much longer of your holiday. So if you just have some final words, you know, I, I'd love to hear those. Maybe some motivation for somebody who's thinking about starting law school or something like that. <laughs> I don't know if I can motivate anyone right now. <laughs> Hard, but I think it's definitely worth it. Like, yeah, it's worth it. I don't know if you agree as well. <laughs> Yeah, I, 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 I love that. I love that idea, you know. É difícil, mas vale a pena. <laughs> yes. So, thank you so much. <laughs> And I'm sorry because it, I feel like I'm always, you know, cutting you off. So, if you want to say something, <laughs> you can may go ahead. I just think thank you as well for having me. It's been really interesting hearing from you as well how things work in Brazil. So. <laughs> Alrighty. Well, thank you and have a wonderful Sunday then. We'll keep in touch. Bye. Bye-bye. Thank you.